very important. Amen. Amen. Every message is important. But this, the next series of uh, things we are going to be talking about is very, very important. But before we talk about the things that I, I consider very important, I went to a church in South Africa uh, two Sundays ago. And the pastor was preaching about fear. And I thought it was very powerful. So I'm going to use five minutes to share his message. Is that okay? You know, there, there, is a, there are a lot of fears in the world. Every kind of fear, you can find it. And you can have a diagnosed name for it. <laughs> I'll give you, I, 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 I have about 150 of them. But, but, but the, 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 the total summation of it is agoraphobia, which is commonly referred to as the fear of social situations. Social situations. <laughs> Anophobia. Anophobia is the fear. Is the fear of being single. Remaining single. Aliomphobia. <laughs> Aliomphobia uh, is the fear of garlic. Inoclophobia. So it's Enoch L-O-phobia. Inoclophobia is the fear of crowds. You know, people are, there are some people who are afraid of crowds. That's inoclophobia. They don't like public, a uh, lot of people around. Ablutophobia is the fear of washing or bathing. Oh, say that one, Jai. <laughs> <laughs> Is A C H L U O phobia. Yeah. Acoustic phobia is the fear of noise. Agrophobia is the fear of heights. Agrophobia is the fear of heights. If I have, I have so many, I don't know how many. Tell me when to stop. I'm going to run through quickly because this is just the A's. The A's is about 80. They will go to B all the way to Z. Aerocrophobia is the fear of open high places. Agrizophobia is the fear of wild animals. <laughs> and you see the, the import of the whole sermon that the pastor was preaching was that fear <laughs> fear is <laughs> cetophobia 
<laughs> you know, the import of the whole message is that fear is, doesn't make sense. And fear is something that if you allow it, it will cripple you. And you see, God hasn't... <laughs> oh, that we've already done that. That's... No. The, the, the aerophobia, acrophobia is the fear of height, like being suspended. Then the zoo is the agrozophobia, the fear of wild animals. I can give you more. But see, the import is that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And fear is the thing that Satan uses the most. Because the opposite of faith is fear. So if anything, anytime Satan wants to overcome you, he brings fear. And see, the thing that one person is afraid of sometimes doesn't make sense. For instance, I'm not afraid of any other animal apart from horses. And that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm not afraid of tigers, lions, cheetah, whatever. No, 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 no. I can handle all that. The only thing I can handle is horse. I think I have, I, have, I have overcome it to a large extent. Because now what I do is that anytime I see a horse, I go near it. Do you understand? And you see, we must try to confront fear in the face. If we are going to achieve anything in life, if we are going to achieve anything with God, we must overcome fear. Without that, we won't go far. Are you with me? Because anything that has to do with God needs an amount of faith. And faith is the opposite, opposite of fear. Are you with me? If you are ever going to achieve anything in life, if you are ever going to become successful in life, fear is something that you must confront. So ask yourself, what are the things that I'm afraid of? And then ask another question. What is the worst that can happen? Because of what I'm afraid of. Because most of the fears we are talking about, you see, it's psychological. It has to do, it, it doesn't make sense. It has to do with some wires in your brain that are not, you know, I don't know whether when I was a child, I had a dream of a horse kicking me, you know, like a nightmare that has become something that I've grown up with that has made me afraid of horses. I don't know. Do you understand? But sometimes you can trace it back to something, some subconscious, you know, innate type of, because it doesn't make sense. So I'm afraid. Some people are afraid of spiders. Some people are afraid of just spider webs. Some are afraid of, you know, like uh, little, you know, little worms, little, you know, like roaches. They will jump and they will not sleep in the room because there's a roach. Or rats or something. But look how big you are. Compared to the rat, the rat is more afraid of you than you are afraid of it. <laughs> are you getting it? So you see, fear doesn't make sense. And you understand why I'm talking about it in a minute. Because what I want to talk about today is really that the, the, the um, broad topic is leadership. I want us to go into leadership. How many think that's important? Leadership is important. Because all of us 
are leading ourselves plus others. Are <laughs> you with me? All of us are leading ourselves. And all of us are supposed to be influential. And see, if you have power and you don't know how to use power, you abuse power. You know, if you have power and you don't know how to use power, it's obvious you abuse power. Most um, black nations have leaders who have suddenly come into power and have abused the power. There's, there's something that's going on in South Africa at the minute, and it's very sad. You know, the white man had power, or was using power, and then the black men came, ah, we won't sit down, we want out. So they fought, and the power was given to them. As soon as they got the power, they realized that they had not trained themselves into leadership. And you see, anytime a use of something is not known, abuse is inevitable. So when they got the power, and because they had not been trained to handle power, they started to corrupt themselves. So these people who were crying for in, about injustice, crying so much for freedom, justice and equality and everything, suddenly found themselves in, at the helm. And then the, the money and the power went into their head. And now they have become uh, like a class apart from the people. So the people are crying for injustice. Now are perpetrators of injustice. Because they have amassed so much wealth. And that has detached them from the people they are fighting for. Recently, the, the new president that has come in South, uh, in uh, uh, Ramaphosa says that he is giving the auditor general license to, to just investigate everybody, including the ministers. As soon as that thing was, it was said on Monday, Monday evening, three ministers resigned. Because if you resign before you are investigated, it means you go with your pension. Do you understand? Then, then the next day, two other ministers resign. Then the following day, three other ministers resign. Then the next day, two other ministers resign. So it's like they were falling, the ministers were falling like flies. And you see, once you fall, even when you are investigated, your pension is not taken from you. You are resigned. You resign. You are not sacked, but you still. And it's like it was so obvious how disgraceful and how pathetic we look when you know we, we, we sometimes we, we begin well, but because we are not really trained properly, we end up very poorly. Are you with me? So I think it's very, very important that we talk about leadership. And even in the house of God, we need leadership so badly. Because some of us, we start very well with all the good intentions. But as we go on, they say power corrupt and absolute power corrupt absolutely. It will corrupt us if we don't know how to handle things. Amen. So I, I want us to deal with power and leadership. And the way we are going to do it, deal with it is we are going to take like personalities who are leaders in the Bible. 
and go through their personalities and then learn some lessons, very, very critical lessons of, from their life story in leadership. Is that okay? So the first one I want to talk about is Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. So this is going to be, it's not preaching. It's, I'm, I'm, I want us to think. And I want us to be very honest with ourselves. Are you with me? And I want us to um, be able to apply what we are, we are reading or what we are listening to or what we are hearing to every aspect of our lives. Okay. Are you with me? Luke chapter um, 5, 1 to 11, the Bible says that. And so it was us. The multitude pressed hard about to hear a word from God that he stood by the lake Genesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to push, put a little from the land. And he sat and taught the multitude from the boat. And he, when he had... Stop speaking. He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we've told all night, but caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done so, he had done this. He caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. So they signed, they signaled their partners in the other boat and they came and helped them. And they came came and filled both boats, both the boats, so that it began to sink. Then Simon Peter saw it and fell, at his, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he and all that were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also was James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boat to the land, they forsook all and followed him. The personality we're going to talk about is Peter. Peter. You know, Peter is an interesting character. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter is a very interesting character because Peter's mannerism, Peter's natural lifestyle, uh, style, Peter's natural proclivity was such that Peter would have made a bad leader. Do you get it? Peter was not going to be a good leader. And I'll tell you why Peter was not going to be a good leader, naturally. Because Peter was very rash. Peter will act before he thinks. Are you with me? Peter never thinks before he acts. He acts before he thinks. If you're a leader who acts before you think, you are taking us to a ditch. Before you say, oops, sorry. <laughs> Isn't that? Because you take the action before you think through it. How many know people will like that? Because it's something you won't see in yourself. But you see in somebody else. <laughs> Hello? How many know what I'm talking about? It's not something you can see in yourself. But, but, but you can easily see it in somebody else that the person will act. Then he will think about the action after. Then you go, oh, I, maybe I should have. 
That, but that maybe should have been done before the action. See, Peter will talk before he thinks through what he said. Do you know somebody who is like that? I know some people who are like that. Naturally, they will talk. Then they say, hey, oops, sorry. <laughs> Did they come out aloud? <laughs> oops, sorry. I wasn't thinking I would come. Yeah, there are some people like that. Peter will say, Peter would take an action before he would think. He would cut somebody's ear before he would look at Jesus. He's all right. Then he says, no. Says, oh, oops, sorry. Says, sorry, brother. That cut your ear. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make for good leadership. Because if you are leading people, you are leading our destiny and our future is in your hand. So we don't want you to play Russian roulette with it. We don't want you to act before you think through it. We want you to think, pray, be sure before you take the action. Are you getting it? But Peter was not that type of person. In fact, we read in uh, Matthew 16 that Peter was described as unstable as water. Do you remember that scripture? Put Matthew 16 on. I think it starts from 16 downwards. From verse 16 downwards. Simon and so Jesus, you know the story, isn't it? Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? Then he said, some say you are this, some say you are that, some say you are Elijah, some say you are. Then Jesus asked, who do men, who, but who do you say that I am? Then Simon Peter answered, you know, he talks before he thinks. Everybody was quiet. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17 now, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, bar Jonah. The word Simon bar Jonah is Simon unstable as water. Is a, is, the word Simon means unstable. Unstable as water. You don't want an unstable person as your leader, do you? Can you imagine an unstable person as the leader of the country? There was a country, there was a country, the, the, the leader wanted to play football and he said he was part of the national team. So they put, he put himself in the national team. And then they, they, they didn't have any choice. So, but he had the pistol when he's coming to play. So when he's coming and you're trying to attack, tackle him, then he'll shoot you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether it's true or not, but it's a joke somewhere. Yeah. Now, one of those Arab, Arab countries, I don't know whether it's uh, Libya, Gaddafi's, one of Gaddafi's sons or somebody like that had a gun. When he's coming, if you like, tackle me. <laughs> but you see, when you have a tyrant, an unstable person, a can you imagine Hitler? Unstable person with very weird sense of superiority or inferiority complex that turned into something. And then he just comes, he, one million people are dying because he wants some people dead. Yeah, 
if you have if you have a leader who is unstable, you see, I'm using a very wild example. But even in our life, some of us we are not stable. And we are leading ourselves. And we're going to be leading our children. We are going to be leading our families. You are not a stable person. You know. How many know what I'm talking about? You yourself, you know that. Yeah, take a wild decision. Everybody's going to the ditch. <laughs> Full speed to go and crash. And then when you hit your face hard on the wall, say, oops, sorry, ouch, that hurt. Amen. Simon is very unstable. Always acting. Always talking. Always doing things. Amen. Simon, blessed are you Simon by Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven. Then, and I also say to you that you are Peter. So now he says that I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your very core, your very character from Simon to the opposite of Simon, which is the rock. Where Peter comes from, where Petros, which is rock. Which means that for you to be a leader, you must be a rock. You cannot be a Simon and be a leader. I don't know whether you got, you got that revelation there. You cannot be a Simon and be a leader. It will not work. Yeah, you, you know, you are easily offended. You, are easy, you easily react, react. You know, somebody says something, then you, I, I was saying to somebody, don't take a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. The situation is temporary. Then you take a permanent decision. You are trying to sleep and a mosquito becomes in your ear. Then you take a bomb and you blast the room. That's a permanent decision. The room is all gone, including the bed and every living creature. <laughs> you know, the mosquito is a temporary situation. As for as for straightness, it may be. It's a temporary thing. You can leave the room and go somewhere. Or go and get spray and spray the room. But you don't use a permanent solution. Blast the room. <laughs> to, 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 to cure a temporary thing. You see, I, I'm using very silly examples. But I want you to apply it to your own lives. Some of us, we take very drastic uh, decisions based on a simple, you know. I'll never talk to you again because I teased you. <laughs> it's a very, 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 very temporary situation. <laughs> Do you understand? Very, very, very temporary. And, and that's it. I've made a permanent decision based on Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know whether they still do that, but in the olden days, the fathers used to do that. Very, you know, it's like you, you went out, you came late. So you have disowned you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you see, when your natural instinct is being quick-tempered, being brash, and taking very, very drastic decisions because of temporary situations, you won't make for a good leader. You cannot use a Simon to lead a denomination. You cannot use a Simon to lead the whole Christian race. You need a Peter. So Jesus had to change Simon's name. You are Simon, unstable as water. But from today, I am going to change your name to Peter, the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Because you need good leadership to build anything. You need good leadership to build a church. You need good leadership to build a house. You need good leadership to build a life. Some of, some, some of us, we are very smart, very clever, very hardworking, very, very good people. But our lives will not amount to much because of our leadership style. Because our leadership is erratic. And so you, you, you can pray, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. But you see, God cannot bless instability. Because God is a businessman. God is a businessman. God, you see, he, the Bible says that he doesn't cast a spell on swine. Because they will trample on it. You know, so there are certain things that God doesn't bless, even though God really wants to bless. And he's really, really, uh, he's heard all our prayer. He's seen our fasting. He wants to. But our leadership, our leadership. So you see, you're a good person. You are doing well for your life. God wants to bless you. But your erratic nature stops God from blessing you. Some of us, the reason why we can't be married is because God wants to change something in our lives. Uh, otherwise, you, <laughs> you spot somebody's child's life. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know whether... Am I, am I okay in this house with this, with this message? Because I wasn't sure whether you received the message well. <laughs> We need stability in our lives. You need to understand that God is waiting for uh, something to work on in your life. And God cannot change your will. Your will, you have to. Do you understand? So it's like a message like this is God's way to get you into your blessing. I don't know whether you get what I mean. If God wants to bless you, the best way is to change you from a Simon to a Peter before he can bless you. So maybe this message is God's way of changing your name. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, my name is changing. From instability. Yeah. Take, take, you, you always, you always take off. Wild. You are here, you take off. There you are there, you are take off. Yeah. I know people like that. Very good people, very good hearted people. But they don't get blessed because they are erratic. 
Take permanent decision based on nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Just I get, get up. I don't feel like it anymore. So that's it. I've left you. I'm no longer married to you. I don't like you anymore. Why? 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 We talk and talk. No, no, no. A temporary situation has brought out the bomb. <laughs> the person forgets that when you are blasting the room, you also you blast yourself too. Amen. <laughs> I don't know whether the message is working. <laughs> But I think, I think Pastor Gloria has done a fantastic job. I think that she's done a very phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. I, 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 was, I was talking to uh, Bishop David and I was telling Bishop David that I, when I came, I was all really overwhelmed Sunday. I decided not to say anything. Sometimes when I don't say anything, I'm saying something. <laughs> Did she? Yes. Mm. Hey. They are telling you. So it wasn't recorded. Because I listened to the messages. It wasn't recorded, was it? Okay. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> He gave you, this is like time of beating. You get a beat and say, smile, smile. You don't know whether to squeeze your face. <laughs> One thing we know about Simon Peter was that there was nothing special about him. There was nothing special about Simon Peter. Isn't it? Remember we read uh, Acts 4, 13, when they saw they realized that these were unlearned, untrained men. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. There was nothing special. He was a very, very normal person. Are you getting it? But something changed in him. And that's also to tell us that God doesn't need a special candidate to be a leader. There's nothing like a born leader. Everybody can be a good leader. In fact, everybody can be a great leader. You know, they say that uh, temperaments, there are certain temperaments that make for good leaders. Like if you are choleric, you are the bold person and all that, you make a good leader. If you are sanguine, who is that, a happy-go-lucky type of person, you are careless and erratic, you will make a good leader. If you are melancholic, a thinker, you will make a good leader. If you are uh, phlegmatic, you, you will be a bad leader because you never take any action. No, it's not true. Every temperament can be a great leader. If only you work on it. Nobody's born a leader. Nobody's born a leader. Amen. I'm saying that for you to know that you're a good candidate to be a great leader. Amen. And it's imperative that you be a good leader. 
that you become a good leader. Some say, ah, I'm not going to be a leader in the church. I'm not, but you are a leader nevertheless. You are leading your life. <laughs> that's, a, that's leadership. It's, very it's a very, very important thing. You are leading your life. At the end of the day, your life is going to be accounted for. And we want to know whether your, your life will amount to much when you leave. You know, always ask yourself, at the end of the time when I'm leaving this place, this world, this age, this stage of my life, what would I account for? You understand? Like, if you're a teenager, at the end of my teens, what will I account for? My teenage years. What have I done with it? When you are leaving, let's say at the end of your schooling, you are leaving the UK, what is the legacy you are leaving behind? <laughs> See, you, everywhere you go, you must leave a legacy. Everybody you come into contact with, you must leave a legacy. Are you with me? Somebody must say that you're my meeting you. You know, I was in South Africa for three weeks. When I was leaving, somebody said something. He said, you have left an indelible mark on my life with three, in three weeks wow. after meeting you. And I said that I pray that any and everybody I come to contact with will have something like that Amen. to say. Amen. Are you with me? Because you must be a, a good leader. A great leader is not one who is thinking about what they can get. A great leader is thinking about what they can leave, a legacy they can leave for people. That is, that is what makes you a good leader. See, unfortunately, most of the leaders we have are selfish. They are thinking of what they can get instead of what they can give. Leadership is not about what you can get. Leadership is about what you can leave or the, the mark you can get, leave with people. And you don't need a whole decade. You don't need a whole lifetime. Even a day should make an impression on somebody. Amen. Even a moment. See, if you're in the presence of any great person, that's all they are trying to do at the time, is to leave an indelible gift. So within an hour, when you're leaving their presence, you get something that will, will stay with you for the rest of your life. That, that's what makes you a good leader. Jesus was, in, was around for three and a half years, and he has left such an impression on the earth that even if the earth restarts ten times over, his legacy will not be forgotten. And he used only three and a half years to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are, you, are you with me? Okay, so let me give you ten, ten very quick, simple lessons from Peter's life. The first one is when Jesus called, he answered immediately. You remember verse 11? He said, follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. And the Bible says, and they left all and followed him. Matthew 14. From 16. But Jesus said to them, do you have, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here. And when he had commanded the multitude to sit in the grass, he took the loaves and two fish, 
looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up five, 12 bag, baskets full of frag, fragments and that remained. Now, those who had eaten were 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately, Jesus said to, I don't know whether I want to read all this. Let me start from 24, or jump to 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves and the wind, contrary, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And, then, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on water. And he, so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And he saw the wind boisterous. <laughs> and he was afraid and began to sing. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus straightened out the sand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Amen. But at least he came. When he said, Come. Jesus never said, come to Peter. Come. There were 12 of them in the boat. Only one stepped out. It's a lesson there. Yeah. The rest obeyed, but later. One obeyed immediately. See, what makes you a good leader is immediate obedience to the word of God. I don't know whether you're understanding the, the message. You know, sometimes some of us will obey, but we will have to obey after experience, bad experience. <laughs> I don't know whether you, you're understanding what I'm saying. You see, so, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we hear the word, but we don't react to the word. Then we go out and then life teaches us a lesson by whipping us about the same thing we're taught. Then we say, ah, we saw it in the word. Now we are going to obey. No, no, no. Somebody said experience is the best teacher. It's not true. The school fees is too expensive. <laughs> Use somebody else's experience. The Bible says something in Hebrews that Look at these people. They, through faith and patience, inherited the promise. So copy them. Imitate them who, through faith and patience, inherited the promises. Which means that use their experiences. Don't use your own experience. It's never a blessing to use your experience to learn. Oh, I don't know whether you understood what I said. It is never a blessing. Oh, and then I lost my job. Then I knew that, uh, no, <laughs> that's not a good testimony. <laughs> Use somebody else's testimony. Let somebody suffer and learn from that. 
Don't become evangelist after they've slapped you. No. <laughs> it's not very, very clever. Hallelujah. Immediate response to the word of God will clearly set you out and start you off from and set you apart from others. Immediate response to what God is saying. Hallelujah. Let's learn to respond to the word of God as children of obedience. You remember what Samuel told um, Saul? To obey is better than to sacrifice. Obedience is always better. Obedience is always better than sacrifice. Because sacrifice is learning by, through the hard way. Obedience is, what did you say I should do? I'll do it. Have you not realized that a child who is born of a good father and is obedient to the father's instruction throughout his life, by and large, will turn out well and do well? How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, will do well. Why? Because his path is, is charted. You know, he doesn't have to experiment. The experiment has been done already for him. So his, his path is leading to success. All he has to do, do is to follow diligently according to the... That's what uh, God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. He said, I follow. Let this book of the Lord not depart out of your mouth, but let it meditate day in, day and night. For in that, it will make your way prosperous and give you good success. Are you with me? All he's saying that, just follow, just obey. You don't have to discuss. You don't have to, you know, argue. You don't have to meet to, uh, you know, some of us, listen, some of us, we always have an alternative argument. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? We always, it's like, when they say something, you always have something else to say. You're always retorting. You always have, you're either defensive or you're always trying to, you know, bring a counter motion, counter argument. No, no, don't be like that. Don't have that attitude. No, no, no. You see, but, 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 you see, this one also say, no, don't have that attitude. Technically, you see, it happened, it may have been like that in the days of Jesus, but now in this modern, no, don't have that attitude. You won't go far. You know, the thing is, learn to obey. Learn to obey. And see, it's part of faith. Because to obey means you have faith in the, you have faith and trust in the one who is commanding you. That's the problem. Are you with me? And sometimes our retorting and everything is born out of fear. That's why I started by talking about phobias. Because fear is something that paralyzes us from doing the right thing. Amen. Sometimes fear of the unknown. Fear of what if. But you see, to follow God, you have to follow with what if. Always. Because at every step of the way, Satan will tell you fear, fear, fear. As you are going, fear, 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 fear. And you are walking on the path of faith, man. Fear, fear. This side, fear, 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 fear. That's why I said, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Just follow. Amen. Fix your eyes Amen. on him. The author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Be 
Peter always had this immediate decision. When Jesus says, we are doing it, it's okay. Even if thought contrary, as soon as he will do it. We thought all night, we couldn't catch anything. But if you say we should do it, we'll do it. How many know that if it was somebody else, this, this, what, this net is not going to the water. If, if, it was you, if it was you, this net will not go back into the water. Remember, he says that they were mending their nets, which means that they had put it in the water, it was broken, and they are mending it. You have to put it back in the, net, in the water and then you have to mend it again. No. You can be Jesus, but no. Peter's attitude was nevertheless at thy word. Nevertheless, once you have spoken, not having any type of argumentative spirit. See, to, to follow after God, it's, it's just, God is always using Kairos moment. You know what the Kairos moment is? The Kairos moment is a lucid moment. Gives you a, 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 just a window, a command. You obey, then you see there. You hesitate, then the moment is gone. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. See, life is about opportunities. Life is about opportunities. And those who do well in life are those who take opportunity. They take advantage of the opportunity. You see, life is about opportunity, which means that life must be about preparation. So your whole life is preparation for opportunity. So you are preparing, you are preparing, you are preparing. Have you seen the, the, the footballers who are on the sidelines. They don't know when they'll be called to go in, but they are on the side they running. Are they, are they are stretching. They are stretching, and they are running, and they are watching the game, and they are stretching. They are looking at the weaknesses of the opposition, and they are running, and they are stretching. They, they, you see, so as soon as they are called that this is your time, they go straight for the weakness of the position that one of the, the guys who used to do so well, they used to call him a super sub, was the Manchester uh, manager now. When he was, when he was a, a footballer in Manchester United, he was, any time he came in, he scored. Any time he came in, he scored from the bench. He had more goals from the bench than those who start. He never started. Because when he's jogging and stretching, he's looking. He's jogging and stretching, and he's seeing the weaknesses. He's jogging and stretching, and then he's looking. Life is about opportunity. But when opportunity meets preparation, then you have the success. Hallelujah. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for, to be a wife? Are you prepared? Have you done all the preparations? Or you are waiting for the day that you find some man who come and say, hello. Then he say, hey, now, I, now you are going to learn how to cook. <laughs> no. What did you say we did with the chicken again? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ministered to by the Holy Spirit. 
Antiagi has prophesied. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Romans 13, verse 11. You people, you are trying to spam the, the message. Have you learned something? We can go home with this all. Verse 11. Romans 13, 11. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Hallelujah. It is about living a life of preparedness. But we must be alert. Amen. When the master calls you, jump out of the boat. You know, the others were analyzing the waves, trying to find the depth <laughs> and the topography of the, <laughs> the contours. Do I have a life jacket? This, this jumping into the water that I'm doing, will I be able to survive when the, the next wave comes? No. The master says, go, go. And that is what made him a leader and not his brother. Remember his brother, his younger brother was the one who brought him. Yeah. Andrew was the one who brought him. But Andrew was not made a leader. Are you getting it? Because Andrew was hesitant. Andrew was calculating. Andrew, like the rest, were very analytical. This is Jesus we are following. We have to follow with one eye. <laughs> These days, you don't follow Jesus. This is my heart. <laughs> no, no, no. Follow with your heart and your head. Hallelujah. Learn to be immediate when the master calls. When the, you see, really, life, the success of life is about immediate action. Anything that I've succeeded in my life, I had and I followed immediately. The ones that I've failed, I hesitated. So that just one little hesitation that the, the, the blessing is gone. Like here, go. And because of experience, I've come to believe in that thing. When I hear, I go. I've come to, because history has taught me that, yes, this is him. Then sometimes I hear, no, that's not him. I won't go. But here, there, that's him. I go immediately. And any time I've done that, it's worked. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you two quickly. The next one, God wants us to develop a relationship with him. Says, follow me and I will make you. The making process is a close relationship process. For instance, I say, come. Get up. Follow me. Come, get up. And I'll make you a missus. <laughs> to do that, I mean that come with me. And as we relate and we get to know each other, you change from 
a miss to a missus. Because it's about relationship. It's not about follow me to this pillar. <laughs> it's never about that. You know, anytime we are following God, God doesn't give us a destination. That is why, thank you. That is why God never told Abraham, follow me to Bethel or follow me to Bathsheba. He said, come out of your mother's house, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. He could have easily have said, come with me to Egypt or come with me to Bathsheba or come with me to uh, the mountains of Samaria. He didn't say that. Come with me. Come with me. Jesus could have easily said, follow me to Capernaum. He didn't say that. like, follow me and I will make you because it's about relationship. It's not about a destination. Do you get it? God is not interested in follow me and I will fill this room with thousand people. It's not about thousands uh, members. Because otherwise, as all your, 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 your idea of following is up to thousand members. So as soon as you finish the thousand members, you leave. You've done everything, you've achieved. So that's it. No, no. God is not interested in the end as the process. It's about the process. So it's never about the end. That is why he said that the one who got 5,000, he said, enter into the joy of the Lord. You have been faithful in later. I'll make you rule over many. The, the one 3,000, same. Same. There was no difference between the one who had three, who had five. The result is the same because he's never interested in the destination as the relationship. So for Peter, he said, follow me. And I will make you. The making of Peter from Simon to Peter was in the following of Jesus. Yeah. So first, this is, we, we, we start, but we don't follow. We start the process, but we are looking for the end. So we start and then we, we just chalk in one place, waiting for the end. No, 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 no. It's follow. Bible says, then shall we know if we follow on to know. It's not about the destination at all. It's about the process. Amen. See, as you are here, God is changing something about you. Amen. God is changing. It's a process. He's changing something. See, precept upon precept. Here, a little, there, a little. You see, one day you look back on your life and say, hey, this is me. I have really changed. And you want to find out when this change process happened. And you'll be able to point because it was a process. It's a process. As you are here, you are being changed. As you are here, you are being transformed. This, the words you are hearing, their spirit and their life, as the spirit is entering, it's regenerating, it's changing, it's putting out bad attitude and putting good attitude inside you. Amen. Hallelujah. And your life is tra- being transformed. Amen. Amen. So let's be like Peter. Respond immediately and keep following. Amen. Keep following. Never get tired of following. Never get tired of waiting for instructions. Never get tired of taking the, what you have been instructed and doing it. Faith is not what you say you believe. Faith is what you do because of what you believe. Don't know whether you, are, you got that. Don't tell me you have faith. Let me see the actions. And the actions based on what you believe. 
Have we learned something? Stand to your feet.